This is What Goddesses Watch, a film and TV podcast that takes a divinely badass dive into the feminine on screen. With me, Soma Ghosh, film critic and editor of The Demented Goddess magazine. Welcome to today's episode of New Queer Global Cinema. And today I'm going to be focusing on two films, one from Argentina, Camilla Comes Out Tonight by Inés Barunuevo, and the other is Sirens by Rita Baghdadi from Lebanon. Both are showing as part of the Flair Festival from the BFI and are showing at the BFI South Bank in London. Alternatively, you can stream some of the films from that festival um, on BFI player until the 27th of March. When I'm watching new queer films or going to queer film festivals, I sometimes get the impression that as a polysexual arts critic, I should be just so grateful every time that woman gets her clit touch All other critical considerations should just be squashed away under the silken Laura Ashley coverlet under which I like to snuggle with a hot water bottle when I'm watching films. All other things that I think make films great, like, I don't know, um, a compelling storyline, original characters, um, the director choosing to take up a very subjective position, a bold use of sound and vision, um, fascinating relationships, and uh, maybe moral ambiguity or a deep moral scope that makes me reconsider existence. All of these things, and these are just some of the things that I think make movies great, are things that I want to see in queer films too. And while I'm on a cheeky but unrepentant rant, What about irony? What about camp? I mean, do we not, as non-orthodox, heteronormative straighties, understand irony and camp and comedy and the the tragic laughter that we sometimes um, have to enjoy as a community um, better than straight? directors who have only got heteronormative influences around them um anyway these are these these are these are um in my view our strengths and at the same time i don't want to watch any films that are purely identitarian simply because it just squashes down the possibility for art and of course i know that a counter argument would be well look at the Uh, traditional rom-com, look at noir, um, to name a couple of genres that have been bogged down by heteronormative structures so that you get the gangster's mole, um, you get uh, get these stereotypes. um, But to, to me, the answer is not to replace one set of stereotypes with another, or if not another set of stereotypes, a kind of very deeply stated set of positions um, as if as if I need uh, cue cards to tell me what to think. Um, I think that there's a real possibility and a real opportunity uh, given the changing culture around 
um, sexuality and femininity and gender to make more interesting art, not less. Uh, I think that the possibility is there. I think the audience is there. And I think considering how meta we've got a long time ago um, in uh, conventional filmmaking, I, I really don't see why, why those elements are, are not there in queer filmmaking. Okay, so <laughs> that said, uh, let's turn to our two films. Um, they might both be regarded as uh, coming-of-age stories, although in the in the case of Camilla Comes Out Tonight, we're talking about uh, protagonists who are at the upper age limit of um, being at school before going to college, and with the rock band Slave to Sirens, who are the subject of Baghdadi's film, we're talking about women in their mid to late 20s. So... When we say coming of age, and of course that's an interesting shorthand these days, considering again how categories have changed enormously in terms of our expectations of how we behave, what we desire, how we live at different ages, I think perhaps... Um, what we mean, and certainly in, in these films, is uh, just a, a, a tackling um, between the protagonists and uh, society, the society that surrounds them, of, of, of who they really are, who they want to be, to what extent they are uh, defying some of the norms in society, how they are going to make their own society or their own community their own sense of self. So in Camilla Comes Out Tonight, the story is um, driven by our heroine Camilla, um, who is part of, who, who quickly becomes part of a polysexual group of friends as she moves to Buenos Aires to, uh, along with her single mother and younger sister, um, look after the flat of her dying grandmother. That's all set in, in, in Buenos Aires in Argentina, as I said, um, and the awareness of police brutality and church corruption is very interestingly present in that it's never um, very dramatically stated. It's more a kind of brooding presence, um, almost a penumbra around the, uh, the, the hot summer in which Camilla is uh, discovering more about her sexuality and um but also about her self on a more subtle level in terms of how thoughtful or not she is towards her family and her friends camilla comes out tonight by inez barrio nuevo occupies a sultry humid uh dark space that's in keeping with um adolescence or, or, or late adolescence and the onset of adulthood in a um, in a Buenos Aires that is uh, repressive towards women and where um, the, the threat to a woman's body, whether it's by the state or through sexual violence, is subtly omnipresent. And this darkness is present in the highly naturalistic shooting of the characters, their teenage apathy and sensuality, um, this humid summer in Buenos Aires where 
the air conditioning either doesn't work or people are saving money and, um, and, and, and sweating under fans. It's photographed in a palette of amber and browns, of tobacco and furniture polished browns, um, creating an atmosphere of sludgy... And ...uncertainty that's reflected by the apathy and moodiness of uh, Nina Ziembrowski, who plays Camilla, um, in, uh, with such um, uh, glowering understatement that you are continually watching her face to see what she's uh, experiencing, whether or not she'll react, particularly given her political fervour. And this is mixed with a soundscape of grime, hip-hop and electronic music. And you can hear it along with Camilla's moody, sleepy voice telling the girl that she's sleeping with to not be afraid in this clip. And those last words which volley forth in a powerful scene in Camilla's school mean my body, my business. And though that battle cry that you just heard and the scene in which it um, explodes um, has uh, tremendous energy, on the whole this film is successful as a character study rather than a political story, um, despite the fact that it uh, unfolds against a backdrop of Camilla and her friends protesting for the right to own their body in an Argentina that until very recently had made abortion illegal. So the story of the film uh, follows um, Camilla as she moves to uh, Buenos Aires as I said and a more traditional uh, strict school that adheres to the laws of church and state. And so at first, when she arrives, um, you're expecting perhaps a, a fish out of water um, uh, drama and um, certainly the, the, the popular conventional girls circle Camilla um, ad advising her on um, how she ought to look and um, who she might date and, and what kind of woman she might be. And this is a theme that unwinds um, steamily and um, taking its own, its own sweet time in this muggy film uh, during this sweltering summer. Um, despite the traditional appearance of the school, in the swimming pool, uh, we swiftly discover that there's a, a queer undercurrent at play among the students there. Camilla gets involved with uh, a handsome, politically conscious boy and also um, the boy's childhood friend, Clara, uh, an engagingly forward, uh, smart, complex figure um, who is... Um, as uh, at first as um, strikingly open and um, fresh in her advances, let us say, as Camilla is uh, opaque and watchful. Um, however, Clara's ex, the uh, 
jock, the wealthy Bruno. Um, he's basically a bit of a kind of classic jock bully, um, and who who postures uh, as if he has some uh, political authenticity, um, but is very much as his actions bear out in favour of the traditions that guarantee status for he and his family. Uh, Bruno is not happy at Clara's involvement with Camilla and the others and uh, sooner or later the attentions of the school bully we sense are going to be turned unfavourably on Camilla. Yet at the same time, there's politics, there's a love triangle, but when we compare it to uh, a classic film, um, a love triangle like Jules et Jim, charming as that classic might be, we're not supposed to be charmed by, um, by a love triangle here or gently titillated or amused or ready to um, encounter some um, emotional turmoil. Uh, what's interesting about this film is the way that um, it respects uh, polyamorous um, bonds and explorations whilst at the same time fusing it with this um, soggy adolescent mood of uh, a Camilla who is sometimes sensitive, sometimes sullen, um, sometimes acting uh, in a noble way and at other times um, perhaps not for the best and it's in fact all of those shades of being and learning that make her such a sympathetic character. However I'm of course not immune to charm and fizzing personalities that can be gold dust on screen which brings us to Sirens by Rita Baghdadi. And if it has a moody teenager, uh, that would be Lilas, whose voice you can hear telling the story of her band and its place in Lebanese culture as she sees it in this excerpt. tells the story of Lilas and Sherry and their band, Slave to Siren, who against uh, the odds are um, Beirut's first um, all-female metal band. And those odds are 
uh, represented by Baghdadi through the metaphor of the 2020 explosion, which is also a real event in the film when um, not properly stored ammonia nitrate uh, blew apart half of the city, killing at least 200 people um, and and forced the government to resign. But that toxic mushroom cloud is also um, symptomatic of the vague, constant unrest that broils around the band in the film, not unlike um, Camilla Comes Out, in fact, and also of the repressive political environment which is weighted against queers and women. At the same time, it hints at the tectonic quaking sound of the band, which you heard and as well as the pressures from a broken government who legislate against bands like Sirens who dare to be openly queer, there's the internal pressures within the band, particularly between these two, Sherry and Lilas. Their uh, attraction and conflict is um, uh, an element in the film, which I particularly enjoyed, in fact, when we were being shown how a musical relationship can be as intoxicating indeed, as addictive as a sexual one. There's a moment in the film when uh, things are particularly strained between them and Lilas admits that she simply can't do without Sherry's exquisite guitar sound which just heard in rehearsal and with Sherry composing um, either alone or with Lilas in um, in their bedroom is one of the joys of the film. They're like a, a John and Paul of the Beatles, but with added queer erotic tension, if you like. And this is one of the strands of the movie. Um, I feel that once it's once the movie starts meandering into their relationship, it actually loses some of its fizz. As a question of whether Lilas and Sherry have a friendship or a romance um, as interesting and um, uh, fuzzy as those notions can be in the queer world, it's not really given enough space here compared to the struggle for the band to break out. At the same time, as someone who writes about music and interviews rock musicians, I can appreciate Baghdadi's need to zone in on this uh, charismatic and vulnerable duo um, who are enormously likeable. Um, it's always the case when you're writing the story, uh, writing a story about musicians. Um, in, in my experience, that you're looking around at the band to see who's going to make a good character, and it's it's never the case. It was very unusual usually the case that you have five incredible protagonists. Um, it's You're lucky if, if, if you have one, you're lucky if you get an interesting star. Um, so it's really important to make use of the supporting cast to look around and see, right, how how does the how, how do the management respond? Um, how does the makeup person respond? And in this case, Baghdadi makes clever use of a supporting cast of advisors, editors, and best of all, Lilas's mother who has these wonderful Pinterest exchanges with her daughter seated on the leatherette sofa in their um, baldly lit uh, sitting room in which she informs Lilas that she will get over any kinds of um, uh, 
misgivings that she might be having about her sexuality or identity as a woman. And if she doesn't get married, she'd be living with her mother forever. It's a kind of fantastic contrast with um, Lilas's uh, hardcore uh, guitar playing metal um, dyke experimenting um, uh, journey of, of trying to break out into the world. And stylistically, what I enjoyed most about Sirens was how it eschews the traditional rock documentary, which typically will combine talking heads and an um, analysis of uh, songs, albums and gigs and successful periods with uh, bombastic um, performances, uh, roaring, adoring crowds. And you'll see that this summer in... Um, uh, Aha! The movie and indeed uh, coming out at the end of this month, Charlie XCX's documentary Alone Together. This film is far, far more intimate and supple in attempting to enter the insecurities and desires of creativity. It's partly due to how Lilas and Sherry uh, give themselves over to the filmmaking crew, uh, clearly um, interested themselves in, in, in discovering um, more about uh, who they are, what kind of music they want to make, what are the challenges that they face as women in a uh, in a repressive state. Um, but it's also thanks to Baghdadi's absolute commitment to um, the, the, the chemistry and personality of her subjects. And at the same time, always keeping her eye on a good story for the audience. It feels almost as if you are watching a scripted feature Tale. Partly that's because Lilas and Sherry are evidently um, extremely good lyricists and storytellers who are adept at um, presenting uh, their um, struggles, their relationships, their um, stated uh, attitudes towards their state and towards the world. And I think that's surely going to stand them in very good stead as... Uh, um, rock musicians who go out on the road and um, hopefully um, push their music further and further afield and, and gain audiences. Um, so yeah, so one of the one of the great strengths of it is that it actually you can enjoy it almost like a, a narrative film feature. Um, so imperceptible is the shifting from handheld camera work to voiceover. Um, to um, filming that's uh, clearly been done with a with with clip-on cameras in in cars while people are driving. It's a really adroit um, piece of uh, documentary cinematography without pulling any stunts, without drawing attention to itself. Uh, it's what I enjoyed so much about that kind of cinematography and its, its storytelling approach um, is the respect that it pays to its uh, protagonist. There's no judgment about um, Nilas's mother. In fact, one feels a great deal of sympathy for this 
woman who uh, adores her daughter and, and is coming from a completely different place. Nonetheless, those off-stage and off-work moments are absolute gold dust if, like me, you enjoy stories about creativity and find them creatively inspiring yourself. Because I think it was Graham Greene who said something like, you often finish the novel on the bus. Creation doesn't just happen in rehearsal rooms and in studios. It happens in um, in, in every possible moment of an aroused life. And you do get the feeling in this film that here are two uh, deeply sensitive, aroused artists who are who are continuously alive to the possibilities of creating. At the same time, uh, the moments of music, that is of the sirens' own music that we're given, um, are f uh, fantastically propulsive and um, show us how music can be a way of. Uh, transcending and transforming a situation, um, particularly that dense, uh, ornamental um, orchestration that, that, that is in fact uh, the, the very complex um, music behind metal and its gothic dark roar um, in a place of darkness. Nor does the film villainise Lilas as things become increasingly fractious within the band, which of course is a time-honoured um, narrative trope, isn't it, of stories about the band. It's so easy to make out there's one villain, there's, there's one narcissist who is being aggressively high-handed, but the film allows you to make your own judgments. I just wish that um, there had either been uh, more working of the relationship between Sherry and Lilas and its its various nuances um, into the movie earlier and so that felt like a complete arc. For me, the two strands, will they make it as a band and will they make it as friends, seemed to uh, sometimes wrestle and, and twang against one another rather than cohering into something as satisfying as, as perhaps Baghdadi had intended. So here at What Goddesses Watch you might know that we do a fun Hansbury and Pantsbury rating in honour of the playwright, critic and essayist Lorraine Hansbury. And so I think my um, Hansbury and Pantsbury for Camilla comes out tonight might actually be kind of the same thing, which is perhaps in keeping with the muggy ambiguity of the strange summer that this story occupies. And that is... The, the mood. Um, I thought that the uh, ambiguous adolescent mood of uh, wanting and not wanting, of, of apathy and rage was very well done, but the result of uh, this uh, blanket of, um, of, of hormones and um, repressed uh, striving for freedom was that when the climax came it felt like a bit of a meh it, you know it didn't it didn't really have room in the sogginess to catch fire uh, so um, but um but uh, as I, I think i've uh illustrated hopefully um it's something that is is worth watching if you're willing to take it at its pace it's a 
great character study. So watch it and let us know what you think. Um, uh, Hansbury and Pantsbury for Sirens. Um, well, I've kind of said that the Pantsbury is the failure of, uh, largely the failure of investigating the relationship between uh, Lilas and Sherry as um, friends and uh, and and more um, in the in the last third of the film um, and Hansbury um, is is definitely the the outstanding intimacy of the cinematography and camera work and um, storytelling uh, so so really the the, the documentary technique um, is very strong. So just a reminder that both those films, Camilla Comes Out Tonight and Sirens, are part of the BFI Flair Festival, that's the LGBTQ festival that's being run at BFI Southbank and streamed on the BFI player until the 27th of March. Um, we would love to know what you think. If you do manage to catch either of the films, tweet at us at Goddess Demented, that's Twitter at Goddess Demented, or best still, get really involved with us as a patron. If you like what we do, um, that is uh, what we really need right now. We need to be joined by members who want to hear more about polysexual multicultural films that are made by women and uh, for and about women. Um, membership starts at £1.99 a month and um, along the various tiers you get um, advanced drops of episodes, particularly fun when we have special guests uh, who are drawn from the leading feminine thinkers and arts makers from around the world. We also do uh, specialist feminist film history pods just for you videos of behind the behind the scenes mayhem here and loads more so join us at www.patreon.com forward slash what goddesses watch this is what goddesses watch a film and tv podcast that takes a divinely badass dive into the feminine on screen with me soma ghosh film critic and editor of The Demented Goddess magazine.